0: all right let's pray father we just thank you for your goodness we thank you that you just love us so much and we just pray that this morning we just have a sense of your love and your heart for mankind and we just ask this in jesus precious name amen amen imagine tomorrow You go out to the mailbox, if New Zealand Post is actually delivering tomorrow, (laughs) and you pull out this official-looking letter, and it's from a solicitor's office, and you open it up, and you see that dear old Uncle Harold has died. Everyone say, oh. Oh, oh, that's the bad news, but Uncle Harold is really eccentric, and he's left for you some money. In fact, he's left you $31,536,000, <laughs> oh, and you go, absolutely fantastic. And then you read the fine print, and you realize that what's going to happen is he's going to give you 86400 a day. 86,400 a day and the only catch is that the money will be deposited in your account at the beginning of each day and at the end of each day any money not used is going to be withdrawn and goes back to Uncle Harold's estate have a think about it would you be up for the task of spending 86,000 a day someone said no problem How would you approach spending the money? Would you plan in advance or would you just wake up and then decide what you're going to do with it? Would you try and spend it all at once? Would you invest some for the future or donate to the church? church. We can handle that. With, with, with that amount of money, man, you could have the time of your life. Uh, most of us haven't got a rich Uncle Harold who will leave us 86,400 a day. By the way, if there is someone here who has got a rich Uncle Harold like that, uh, if you wanted to just see me afterwards, and uh, yeah but we have got. a a loving Heavenly Father who has given us 86,400 seconds in every day to have the time of our life. And it's given on a use-it-or-lose-it basis. Uh, We say, if only I had the time. Uh, There's never enough time. I I don't know where the time goes. Uh, But how do you find the time? I'm hard-pressed for time. I'll try and find time. Uh, Is that the time already? My, how time flies. I'm short of time. I I just ran out of time. In fact, the older you are, the quicker time seems to go. Uh, Time is our most valuable commodity. Uh, Billy Graham was once asked what he was most surprised by in life. And he answered, It's brevity. It's brevity. Uh, My grandmother lived to 101 years old. Uh, But sometimes children die young. My dad died when he was 64. The reality is we don't know how many days or weeks or months or years we have. And I've come to realize it's not the length of days that we have that's really important, but it's how we spend each day. Whether we live one year or 101 years, uh, they're both really, really, really short in the light of eternity because eternity is forever. Tony Robbins, the motivational and time management guru, says, We live in a world with more choices and opportunities than any other time in history. Yet with them comes increased responsibilities, challenges, and changes in this age of abundance, the scarcest of all commodities is time. And we all need and want more time. So my question today is how are you going to use today and tomorrow's endowment? Ecclesiastes three, verse one says, There's a time for everything under heaven. Uh, but then in Ephesians five fifteen it says, Be very careful then how you live. Uh, Not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, don't be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. So, what's the most important thing you can do with the scarcest of commodities this time of your life? What's the most important thing that you should do? The very first thing that you should do. With the time that you have, uh, I want to suggest that the first thing you should do, the most important thing you should do, is to secure your eternal destiny. The most important thing you can do with your time. The, the one sure statistic is that every one of us will die, and their judgment. I was going to say, turn to the person next to you and say, "You're going to die," but that's a little bit morbid, eh? <laughs> but that's the reality. Is that that that's the reality? The one sure statistic is that every one of us is going to die, and then judgment. There is a heaven to gain, there is a hell to shun, and the short time we spend here on earth will determine where we spend eternity. We we live in a in a world where Most people are dying and are going to a godless eternity. The vast majority of people in this world do not know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. They don't give God pleasure. They don't have peace. They don't have everlasting life. And they don't have abundant life. And they're just completely missing out. Why is that? Well, it's a bit like a decade ago when I was getting my house ready to sell I had to do some work on one of the aluminium uh, joinery windows, and uh, one of the PKs needed replacement. replacing, so I, um, I went and bought a, a new drill. I didn't buy new drill bits, and I started trying to drill out this little aluminium PK. First thing I did was snap, snap the drill bit, and so I had to get another one. Uh, got another one, was working on it, And boy, it was a tough PK. I didn't think it was stainless steel. But after 15 minutes, I still hadn't drilled this blimmin' thing out. And I was getting so frustrated. And then I found out what the problem was. My drill was going backwards. (laughs) You laugh. But how many other guys have done that? Come on, put your hands up. Yeah, yeah. Most of you who have done anything have done that. The drill was going the wrong way, so I had it in reverse, and so there's absolutely no way that I was going to drill that um, drill bit out. And that is the problem with most people in this world. They're heading in the wrong direction. They're going the wrong way. And therefore, they're not going to have a positive eternal impact. Romans 3.23 says, Everybody has sinned. Everybody. And have come short of the glory of God. Uh, Isaiah 59, verse 2 says, Your iniquities, or your sins, have separated you and God. Your sins have hid His face from you that He will not hear. A perfect God is separated from imperfect man because of the sin factor. But God wants everyone to be saved. He wants everyone to be saved. 1 Timothy 2, 3, and 6 says, This is good and pleases God our Savior, who wants all men to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. So what will turn us around? Not good works. Doesn't matter how much door knocking you do. Doesn't matter how much stuff you give away. That's not going to turn you around. Religion, going to church, is going to sort you out. Going to church doesn't make you a Christian any more than taking a wheelbarrow into a garage makes it a car. All right. Romans 6.23, the wages of sin are death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. God doesn't want any to perish. so He so loved the world that he gave Jesus Christ Christ God made a way and he took Jesus took our punishment for our sin and if we want to be turned around and saved from the consequences of our sin and everybody here has neglected God from time to time everybody here has blown it everybody here has broken at least one of God's basic commandments if we want to be turned around from that, we need to acknowledge that we are sinners and need a savior, and secondly, we need to ask Jesus to come into our lives and forgive us our sins. Romans 10:13 says whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's pretty good news, isn't it? That is really good news. I mean, if you're heading to a godless eternity in hell, you want to do everything you can. head in the other direction. And John 1.12 But as many as received him, to them gave he the power to become the sons of God, even to them that believed on his name. When Jesus comes into our lives, we have that assurance of salvation. We have that peace within. We have help for today and we have hope for tomorrow. The tragedy is that so many people are not following God's only way of salvation. Some say it doesn't matter what you believe, as long as you believe something. You know, all roads lead to Rome. Oh, in the, in the end, God is so loving that it doesn't matter what people have done, uh, they, they're going to end up with God in heaven. Well, that's not why Jesus came, and that's not what Jesus said. Uh, Jesus, what about Uncle Harry? He was a good man. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Uh, 1 Timothy 2.5 says, For there is one God and one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all men. The best use that you can make of your life is to secure your eternal destiny By getting right with God, inviting Jesus to come into your life, to forgive you of your sins, and take control of your life. That's the number one thing. That should be your number one priority. Get yourself right with God. And secondly, then you should start to live your life in the light of eternity. In John 7 verse 3, Jesus' half-brothers advised Jesus... To go up to the festival of booths and to do some miracles and make himself known. And Jesus replies with a really, really interesting statement. He says, my time is not yet here. In other words, it wasn't the right time for him to go up. But listen to this next bit. But for you, any time will do. For you, any time will do, so Jesus is drawing a contrast between how he lived in view of the eternity and god 's time and plans and how his brothers lived their lives. Jesus didn 't begin his ministry until he was about thirty years of age, and after three short years he could pray god i 've glorified you on earth i 've accomplished the work which you have given me to do." Uh, think about that amazingly Jesus shows us that a long life is not always necessary to fulfill the plans and the purposes of God. Jesus did everything that the Father had given him to do in those three years of ministry. Just three years. So we need to live with the awareness of how short life is and that one day we will give an account to God, of how we spent that most precious commodity that he's given us, time. In contrast, Jesus' brothers were living according to their own time rather than living in the light of eternity. And they were thinking that the best way for Jesus to promote himself was to just do a bunch of miracles here and there, and then people would recognize who he was. They were good religious Jews. But they didn't believe in Jesus as their Lord and their Savior. You see, Jesus' brother's priorities were set by their culture and not by God. And we need to make sure that we haven't just added Jesus to our own local culture. Uh, When you go and preach in India... How many people have been to India, by the way? Yeah, a few of you. The booms are in India right now. And... uh, when you go there, and I, I did a number of village evangelism uh, situations, you'll get a crowd. Say you've got a crowd of 600 uh, in a little village, and it's, it's amazing. You want lights? They get a coat hanger uh, and tie a bit of wire on it and throw it up over the power pole. And uh, there they hook into the power and plug it in, and, and it's pretty amazing. Uh, but when you ask people to accept Jesus into their lives... of them will put their hands up. Because they're adding Jesus to one of their 2 million demon gods. And it's not actually until they get baptized and forsake everybody else in favor of Jesus that they actually get born again. The one thing that turns them around, by the way, is seeing miracles. When you pray for them, uh, when they get healed, when they get delivered... They realize, hey, this God is real. Jesus is real. So, for us, don't just add Jesus to your culture. Because it's possible to go to church, do Christian stuff, and leave Jesus out of our decision making. Seek his face. Let Jesus guide you and lead you in every aspect of your life. When Penny and I bought a house. We prayed. And we asked God to guide us. When we sold a house. Oh, that's a story. And Anne is looking at me. Ten, about 10 years ago, we were, selling, we were selling our house. And so we, we prayed. And we said, God, uh, we want you to sell our house for us. And we want you to show us uh, who we should go to to sell our house. And we really, really felt that we should go to this real estate agent who had not sold a house before. Yeah, I don't care. (laughs) All right, so she'd only just started. She'd never sold a house before, and this wasn't in the property boom at all. This was normal house times, not like you find today. And Anne, how long did it take you to sell a house? Three weeks, you were messing around, weren't you? <laughs> first open home, and as a result of the first open home, we had a buyer. It. it was just absolutely miraculous, and we got the price that we wanted. Why? Because we prayed about it. We prayed about everything when we when we buy a car. Uh, we prayed about it. God is interested in every aspect of your life. Jesus' brothers operated by worldly wisdom. And not godly wisdom. Jesus' brothers had offered Jesus some advice as to how he could advance his career. Good advice, but not God advice. And you can do a lot of good stuff without it being God's stuff. As it said in Ecclesiastic, there's, there's time for everything. So it's really important that we get... The right way of doing the right stuff. It says that the steps of a good person are ordered by the Lord. The steps. Not just the direction, not just the next 100 meters, but the very steps are ordered by the Lord. So we need to have an ear to hear what the Holy Spirit is saying about the situations in our life. James 1.5 says, If anyone lacks wisdom... You should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. And God wants to answer you. He wants to give you wisdom about every aspect of your life, not just the really, really important stuff. Jesus submitted fully to God's plans for his life. Uh, He he lived by God's agenda, and so should we. When... (coughs) When you follow the life of Jesus, you'll find that every day, he's praying. In the morning, he's praying. At lunchtime, he's praying. In the evening, he's praying. Why? Because he wants to know what the Father's saying. He wants to, he knows that he's only got a short time. And he wants to make sure that everything he does is in line with the heart and the plans and the purposes of of the Father. Uh, David Pierce spoke last week about being fully surrendered to God. And just as Jesus was always praying, so should we. doesn't matter what we're doing, we should have an ear to hear what the Spirit is saying. Jesus always had a sense of obeying the Father with regard to the use of his time. He, he didn't allow his own mother to determine When and if he should turn water into wine. But he did it as the father directed him. He doesn't allow his brother's advice to govern when he's going up to the feast. But he went in response to the father's timetable. He was accountable to the father to do everything in his life and ministry as the father directed. He knew God's timing because he spent time with God seeking his face. And that's what we are encouraging everyone to do over the next three weeks especially with our 21 days of prayer and fasting. Uh, We don't do this just because we want to lose weight. We do this because we want a breakthrough. We do this because we feel this is really, really, really important. Uh, We're doing this because we believe this is what God is asking us to do At this time, and it's interesting that uh, last week, Prophet David McCracken, who was over here from um, from Australia, said that Church Unlimited is going to have a quantum leap forward this year as a result of a supernatural move. That's what he's believing. He said that over the next three years... There would be increased ground taken in the nations, especially by young people. Yeah, go Logan and others. Um, He said that 2020 would be a year of supernatural breakthrough for Church Unlimited. And that means you. And David McCracken is a particularly accurate prophetic voice. In fact, he would be probably one of um, the foremost prophetic voices in Australasia. Uh, That's God's heart for us. He wants you to have breakthrough. He wants you to have supernatural encounters. But like all prophetic words, we have to partner with God to see it come to pass. Uh, Prophecy is not an unalterable declaration. It's an expression of the heart of God, and it's an invitation to partner with God to see the things that he has on his heart for us come to pass. And so when I heard those words of prophecy by David McCracken, the first thing I thought was, what do I need to do to partner with you, God, to see that come to pass in my life and the first step for me is going to be this time of prayer and fasting starting on Monday we need to pray we need to do spiritual warfare where necessary and we need to start (coughs) believing personally For that breakthrough in our lives. How many people need breakthrough in one area or another in your life? Might be financial, might be relationships, might be in your relationship with God. Yeah, most of us here, if you're honest, uh, will say, hey, yeah, I need a breakthrough in my life. Well, set aside time to fast and to pray. And let's see what God will do. Jesus... Purpose and example should be our purpose, namely to glorify God on this earth and to accomplish whatever it is that he has given us to do. And God calls every one of us to glorify him. We're all ministers. We are all lights of the world. We are all salt, bringing out the f- flavor of God in our communities. We, we need Christians in every walk of life. It would be so sad if everyone here thought that God was calling them to be a pulpit preacher. Imagine we turn up on Sunday and everybody's up here. You think the government's got problems? We need we need Christian men and women. In our government. Amen? We need Christian men and women as lawyers and solicitors, Rupert. I bet you you could do with a few more Christians at your place of work. We need Christians working in the hospital in every department. Uh, We need Christians teaching our kids at school. We need people who know God. As headmasters, and we've got a few here who are doing that bit, but we need more and more and more of our young people to rise up and find out what God's got for them and to go for it in every aspect of our uh, society. Uh, God has uniquely gifted every one of us for service so that we can glorify him. So figure out what he's gifted you in. and. Go for it. I mean, I'm, I'm just really, really proud of Penny and her chaplaincy work. But we need chaplains in all of our rest homes. We need chaplains in all of our schools. We need chaplains in all of our industrial situations and circumstances. We need the flavor and the favor of God in every situation and every circumstance in our society. Amen? But we are supposed to live by supernatural revelation and not just by information. And revelation comes directly through a supernatural encounter with God. Hebrews 3 verse 7 and 8 says, So as the Holy Spirit says, Today, if you hear my voice, Don't harden your heart. And we need to be receiving that today word from God every day. Not just once a week, but every day we should be receiving that today word from God. Every day we should be having encounters with the Holy Spirit. Every day we should have situations where we can say, yay God, fantastic that was brilliant every day not just once in a lifetime we live by supernatural revelation and not just by information and we need that today word we need to be led by the holy spirit and that comes out of a living growing relationship with jesus and when we live in close relationship with Jesus, we will view situations and circumstances in the light of eternity. Uh, Matthew 6.33 says, Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and then all these other things will be added. In fact, if we were to read more in that passage, it says, God knows the things that you need. He knows what you need, but what he wants you to do is to put him first. And when you put Him first, then all the other things happen. I could spend the next two hours telling you about all the situations where we have tried to put God first in, in our lives, Penny and I, and where God has just come through absolutely, absolutely amazingly. I mean, some of the situations leave us absolutely God-smacked. We think, oh! God, you are so interested. Look what you've done! It is absolutely incredible, and some of you, like Mr. Mumford, will be able to say amen to that. Is't that true? Hey, just jump up now for a second, could you come on, come on, bring your, bring your wife, come on, and um, on the spot and tell us in Three minutes, thirty-two seconds. <laughs> the amazing miracles that God did through you guys.
1: Summarise it. Hi, my name is Mike, and uh, it's great to be here. I just want to tell you that I'm a, I'm a follower of Christ, and I I come from a a, a wild family, and uh, we were a white version of once we were warriors family, and. Um, we were uh, drunkards and uh, we fought. And, and in my time, uh, I've been in every prison in, uh, in New Zealand. And uh, I've been twice committed to mental hospitals for the criminally insane. And uh, so is my younger brother. And we've both been saved by the power of Christ. It came into our lives one day by innocent people. Yeah. I, I was sitting in a, uh, a secure ward in, in, uh, in a mental hospital and a, um, a, a lady came through without a guard and I asked about her. And I says, how come she's got no guard? And they said, oh, don't touch her. That's God's daughter. <laughs> and I was waiting for her to show me, you know, the blob on the paper, the black thing, what do you see? And you know what she said to me? I want you to read a book. She gave me the book of John and I'll ask you next week what you read and in it was uh, John 3:16 and we all know that prayer and it changed my life and and I've since uh, married and uh, and I love the Lord for a long long time and uh, I, I've fallen like you all because uh, you know when you come out of the grave you always bring a bit of old clothes with you (laughs) and uh, so I'm fully aware of it I'm pleased to be here and to know God and uh, to be with you as my fellow people I travel from the west coast here every Sunday uh, with my wife and uh, we spend a pleasant day here Uh, and uh, you know it's it's marvelous to be here there's life in this church and bless every one of you say thank you pastor
0: (laughs) okay well done So these guys come across from Dargaville every week and um, at some stage I'll get them to come up and share uh, how God gave them a vision uh, and multiplied the dollars and cents to establish a home over in Dargaville to help um, people like Katie and uh, those that just really struggle with life and they've... The miracles, the miracles. Yeah, you can show us that, Katie. Come on, no, stand up. Come on. Stay
1: there.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sorry. But they, they looked after people like Katie, and, um, and she's delightful and a precious child of God. Yeah. Hosea 10 verse 12. Let's have the musicians come up. Plant the good seeds of righteousness and you'll harvest a crop of my love. Plough up the hard ground of your hearts for now is the time to seek the Lord that he may come and shower righteousness upon you. If you're going to make the most of your time, then... Get right with God. Number one, secure your eternal eternal future. And then start living your life in the view of eternity. Uh, Looking at situations and circumstances through God's eyes. And you can start getting a breakthrough in that area by just committing yourself. To spending some time in prayer. Do without the TV for a week or two. Do without your computer. That'll be tough, young people, eh? Imagine no SMSing. For could 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 you could could you survive for for a week? With no texts? know set aside something that's going to cost you and pray instead and see what God will do because when you take a step towards God, he always takes a couple towards you you need breakthrough, tell him and pray and see what God will do You may have never, ever fasted before. I know the Holy Spirit will encourage you. So determine that you're going to go to another level. If you need a breakthrough, fast and pray. If you need a closer walk with the Lord, fast and pray. If you're having problems in your business, fast and pray. If you don't know what to do in your future, fast and pray. Every one of those situations and circumstances I've faced and seen the results of extended periods of fasting and prayer. So on one side, I'm thinking, oh man, that banana cake that I got for my birthday, just as well I ate it all. Because I ain't going to be eating it next week. But on the other hand, I'm I'm, I'm really excited about what God's going to do. If everybody does something over the next three weeks, it's going to make an amazing difference. So determine you've got to do something and see what God will do. Amen?